Welcome to the Rebellion Brewing Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Barton. Today I'm sitting down with Blake Berglund. He's a Saskatchewan boy making his way across the country music scene. His last album, Realms, has kept him busy and he's been crisscrossing Canada and the United States, touring and playing music his way, no one else's. You may have seen him on our social media playing a song or two in a video and this is such a Saskatchewan thing. I just found out this morning that he's actually related to Landon, one of our brew crew members, who also drums and plays music in a band called Tiger Charmer. And Landon just got off the road with uh, Nick Fay, who's doing some country music and some other stuff. You know, music must be a family thing. Uh, well, Landon is on my mother's side of the family. His dad and my mom are first cousins from the Weyburn area. Um, and I knew Landon, I think, you know, we, we kind of came into each other's worlds a few years ago just in the Regina music community. And when we sort of started piecing the pieces together that we were related, it, it tightened the circle up even tighter. So, and you speak about Tiger Charmer, the vocalist in Tiger Charmer, Travis Rennerbaum, was, I've been in a band with him for a, over a decade. Whatever bands we've tried to throw together in Alberta, in uh, when I was living here in Regina, just out of high school, Travis always been sort of a member of those bands. I've been bugging him to join my band right now, and I just can't quite offer the offer what's needed to be offered. But we'll definitely get into a group again someday. That's such a, such a Saskatchewan. It's great. The lead singer in his band was yeah. in your band. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and now he's in band with my cousin, and I love them both dearly. It's good. <laughs> well, today we're drinking Golden Ale by Nokomis Craft Ales. They're mm -hmm. south of Saskatoon. And this one is a 5% ABV golden ale beer. Ready nice. to have it? I'm ready to have it. Cheers. Cheers, my man. I love that sound. Me too. Good stuff. It has that, um, it has that really Nokomis characteristic to it. What is that? I find Jeff... His yeast or something in his process, all his beers seem to have a, a similar character in that. Is it a multi kind of? I think it comes from his yeast, but from it's yeast. It's like uh, if you really like that flavor, it's a, how do I describe it? I love Nokomis. Reminds me of like a Pilsner. Maybe it's got like an earthy character to it. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of citrusy. Do you find it citrusy? I taste something. Maybe I'm not using my words correctly. No. I mean, if you're getting citrus, that could be your palate. I kind of, I kind of jump with my um, taste in beer drastically and quickly. It's like I'll go through periods where I will drink IPAs, and then I go through periods where I'll drink stouts. And if I'm in a period where I'm drinking lagers and have an IPA, I don't enjoy the IPA. It's, it's weird how my palate just kind of continues to move and evolve and then heck we've been in the states for as much as we have and you go into a gas station and you can get you know your 12 beer for seven bucks and i i enjoy a pbr when it's time to enjoy a pbr <laughs> and then i'm happy as hell to get back here and have uh, one of jeff's beers or one of your beers it was weird i went i went i did 15 months without drinking just because and there was a multitude of reasons, um, maybe a little bit concerning health and my desires to overdrink. Uh, but I also found I lost an appreciation for the art that goes into the brewing process. Mm. 
I was I got to the point where just I was just drinking the beer to drink the beer, oh. and it took a little bit to step away from it and take over a year off. And I've actually um, enjoyed having the odd beer more than ever. Moderation, right? For me, it's more about pairing uh, beer with food. It's my big thing. Yeah. Now that I think about this and I'm kind of getting used to it, I would say it's got a dry finish. It's got a nice crisp snap to it. It's not super hoppy, but I wouldn't describe it as bereft of hops. It's got a, a little bit of hop presence. Yeah. And sort of with that evolving palate that we were talking about, sometimes I go through periods where I like a malty taste and sometimes it turns me right off. And this sort of has a, um, a malty finish that I rather enjoy. And maybe a little graininess. Jeff does a great job. His brown ale, I think, is his signature beer. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you for this. I've never heard anyone say anything bad about his brown ale. Yeah, I've, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about Jeff. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's tough in this world. Yeah, he's a beauty. I'm very grateful for his art. Good stuff. I dig it. Yeah, I'm going to have one more sip here. And heck, we have two more. Just sitting there, closed and cold, waiting for us. And you can take those home. We might just drink them here. <laughs> Who knows? Illusions of what we only used of all the dinosaur bones and cars that we can't at the altar of the TV stand the Puppets live in government Well, country sucks and Buddy Holly's dead Made the star man cross quick It's just a trip straight to the grave From the day of our birth I wouldn't wish my enemy This crooked older So, what's new in Blake World? I, um, I figured out the, the secret to life. I live the dream. I stay on the move. I uh, have dedicated my life to art. I try and make a buck while I'm doing it. I feel I'm pretty good to people. I like to read a lot. I've been very uh, recently getting into Netflix. I haven't had a TV since the day I graduated. I'm 35 years old and now with this whole Netflix thing, I feel there's an art form to the storytelling, and storytelling has always been something that's really attracted me. So you didn't have TV for more than a decade. Uh, there, if there and if there was a TV where I was living or staying, I was never compelled to turn it on. You know, I, I like movies, and I guess that can be seen as separate. But I was never attracted to a drama series or or uh, sitcoms or anything like that. Cartoons, I don't know. I get, but I read. I probably read five times as much as I watch. I'm in Regina for a little bit, so that's going to be nice to sort of uh, reassociate myself with a sense of home, which it's always been a van that has been home and a bag that has been home, and it's it's nice to be in Regina. I love Regina. Does that wear on you a little bit? Of course. Yeah, it wears me a lot, actually. Uh, I kind of go through, again, like, like we said, with the drinking and not drinking, it's like boom or bust. It's like I'm drinking all the time, and then boom, quit for 15 months and don't touch it. Uh, music's the same. It's like you fall into this sense of passion that is just driving the driving force to everything and that expands into touring and connecting with people and then you sort of start to taste. I get really addicted to small successes and that becomes rather addicting when you sort of 
convince yourself, okay, I need to put my four hours in in front of the computer. I don't want to write this email. I'm intimidated to write this email. What do I, what should I ask of somebody that can help out my career? And once you sort of consolidate your thoughts, focus them down, send something that's, you know, a well-written, well-crafted request, and you get a result from it, that's, to me, that's pretty addicting. So I've experienced that um, in the last two years more than I ever have in my career. And that's been something that's really kept me just chugging along. But boy, you're just human and you need a break. Was the vast majority of your touring focused on your last CD, Realms? Yeah, yeah. With this new record, I just wanted to challenge myself and do something different. There's always this intimidation of America and like all the paperwork that you're told you have to do and getting the visas. And I figured, well, let's just start the process. And I'll tell you why, once you kind of get going with it, it isn't that intimidating. We got our visas very quickly. We were told that it would take months in order to attain them, and it took us three weeks to get them. We were told it's going to cost a fortune, and for me to get my whole band down into the States on a year visa, um, it was just over $600. So, I mean, what, considering that, that's not, that's not bad. So the focus was in the southern, southeastern United States. Um, I saw there was sort of a movement there of really authentic songwriting that was resonating and filling up venues and I, it was inspiring to want to be a part of it and inspiring to give to it and it was a challenge to see if it would work and uh, looking back on our last seven months or whatever it's been it feels really good yeah we've the carved out something that's that's special to me and special to us and uh, I'm looking forward to continuing to build on it you get to watch an audience absorb and consume your music and then they make it their own. Yeah. Does that bother you or well, not at does all. that make you happy? Yeah, art is interpretation. So if I have a storyline or an, um, an arc to a uh, concept of a record that is personal to me, especially with this last one, like I've always tried to have a tone or a theme to the music from front to back in a collective piece of work, you know, whether it be an album or even just an EP of six songs or a double-sided vinyl of two songs. There has to be like this little connection between everything for, for my process anyways. And with this last album, Realms, it was sort of my first full-on concept that had to be tied together. The lyrics had to represent each other in different songs and I did, there had to be character development for me. So it was sort of this um, written out story that I had in mind based on an experience that was very authentic to me and then uh, what was that um, well you know to be honest I, I by answering that question I've, I've let the music I've let the records sort of represent me in the answer because it is up for interpretation for me I it was it was just sort of a an awakening, just, just, there was something that presented itself to me in life that made a concept of God undeniable to me. And I'm not one to run around and be preachy, but I do feel that the concept of God is love and we're in a place in history right now where it's needed more than ever to be able to be open about that love um so this this record is sort of what was presented to me on you know december the 15th to or sorry december the 6th 2015. it's a date that sticks in my mind i've been open about the experience with people that are close to me 
um, and people that are acquaintances, I, I really do uh, allow the album to speak for itself, but I, I guess I kind of have always been something that is hopefully romantic in the concept that we're not doomed. There's something greater that sort of drives our lives, and the more you lean on it, the more it presents itself, and I challenged that, and it did not fail me, so it's been um, a major part of my inspiration in the writing process. Well, what happened on December 6th? Or is it something you want people to interpret to the album? Yeah, uh, what happened on December the 6th, I, I, um, yeah, I want the album to speak for it. I was in a rough place. I couldn't get off uh, depending on substances to get through the day. I, I was drinking a ton. I was smoking a ton of grass and everything was just a blur. And, you know, they say the Lord works in mysterious ways. And I didn't see the, the beauty of the, of, it didn't, I saw the dark side of something. And I feel that that darkness stayed very close to me for a period where it was enough to scare the shit out of me, where I needed to speak to somebody that understood, um, understood spirituality maybe a little more in depth in the different sides of it and I sought help and I went to uh, a priest for help and it was unable to help me and I went to um, some people in town that I, I found were connected to just sort of helping people with spiritual funks and um, they did not help as much as I was hoping and it was more just it was more just a lesson for me to figure out myself and you know I, I feel I was I was I was delivered from what was hanging around and it and it forced me to see the world in a new light and I'm a, I'm a different I'm a different man because of it I was listening to realms it's it's quite pleasurable to me to, to listen to I mm -hmm. it wasn't what I was expecting based on what I'd heard from you in the past mm -hmm. Seemed like a bit of a departure. Is that all connected? Yeah, I've always. Um, I was 26 years old. I was on a horseback ride with my brother. We were talking about life. We were talking about where we go. We were talking about decisions that needed to be made, where we're going to be at 65. And it was kind of in that moment that I committed to this concept, this idea of um, creating a breadth of work that will represent me in my old age. So it, it was very liberating thought to think like, I don't need to adhere to trends in a genre that I am trying to find success in. Um, I come from an old school kind of punk attitude that fuck it, you do it your own way, man. And you take it or leave it. And that has been, I think something that's worked in my favor uh, in quote unquote country music where it's a terrible genre these days. It's, it's, it's pathetic. It's uh, what other words can I use like a circle jerk it's like people just need to please somebody else um, at the expense of their own integrity to move forward on the radio and there's a formula that needs to be adhered to and a sound that needs to be adhered to and i just that shit just does not appeal to what i want to represent myself with is that that youtube video or the just a loop of guys singing Trucks, beers, girls, oh, jeans. Yeah, yeah, and probably. It, I don't know. Like six songs together oh, and they're God. just singing about the exact same thing. Well, over. that's.
painted on tight. You cut those jeans just right. Some good old jeans, jeans with a tear that her mama never fit. I mean, and with that said, sure, there are deviations from it. There are some songs out there right now that have a content that matters, and there are songs that um, challenge you know, production in the genre and whatnot. And, you know, I could spend hours talking about quote unquote country music, but I've always sort of had an approach that if I can evolve um, and stay true to the traditionalisms of a genre, it's sort of the best of both worlds. I can appease myself and do what I want to do artistically, but also honor the ones that sort of laid the path out for me to be able to do so. Um, so with Realms, you know, it was, it's heavy content and I needed to figure out a way to package heavy content in, with an appeal. So it was just, when it came down to the music and the production, uh, in my mind, I had this idea that it was gonna be sort of half acoustic based and half just twangy. And when I got into the studio and started playing the songs and all the other pieces started to fit together, the production really evolved very quickly where it almost took this Pink Floydy sort of aspected points. I had a strange experience last weekend and I kind of wanted to bounce it off you. I've been bouncing it off a couple people. I'm walking into a pub in Regina and as I'm going through the front door, this hand gently pats me on the back, just like a friend. And I turn to see who it is because I thought it might have been my buddy who was meeting me there. And it's this random guy I've never met before and he goes, whoa, you're a big guy. I don't want to fight you. And I'm like, I, I don't want to fight you either. <laughs> and That's his friends, are, they're, they're like, great, no one's fighting. <laughs> and it was such an odd experience. Super odd experience. I walked in. I, I never saw him the rest of the night, but it was strange. Does that sort of thing ever happen to you? Uh, we were in Okima, Oklahoma, and we were playing a tiny little show at um, this little honky-tonk in Okima, home of, home of Woody Guthrie. And... It was a modest, modest little outdoor crowd, cool little, cool little joint, good vibes. And we finished our performance and a guy comes up to my guitarist, Bryce. And Bryce is barrel chested, thick in the shoulders, stands about 6'2", uh, big boy. And he walked right up to him and was just like, I want to fight you. Because that's what we do down here. You find someone bigger than you and you fight them. And he's like, but you played the Telecaster the way you did. And they couldn't imagine harping on someone and taking someone out that does something like that. So we do come in these positions where, I don't know what it is about this, this it's trendy, I guess, to say toxic masculinity, but it's like fucking dumb. Yeah, he gets, Bryce gets called out for fights. I used to scrap when I was a kid, but I couldn't imagine popping someone in the side of the head right now. It's... It's a lack of confidence. It's a sense of trying to prove something and 
unfortunately our community has that and it's worldwide and I commend you for not bopping that dude in the nose. I had no reason. No desire to. <laughs> Why would you? I was just going to meet my buddies for a beer. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's nice that he gave you such a gentle touch on the back prior to it. It was, Yeah, it wasn't a punch in the back of the head. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that was rather strange. <laughs> We played the Regina Folk Festival. I'm going to sell myself out hard on this. I'm going to sell my guitarist out hard. <laughs> so we have we played the Regina Folk Festival last August, and Sandra Battelle, who has put yet again another amazing lineup together for the Folk Festival, um, she knows exactly what she's doing. And Marty Stewart was playing the main stage as the headliner on the Sunday night, and she had us do the tweener set. Uh, prior to him coming on stage. So, you know, essentially we got to open up for Marty Stewart, who's been a longtime idol of mine, a longtime idol of Bryce, my guitarist, and his band, The Superlatives, are, as far as I'm concerned, the best band in modern history, like, the best. <laughs> so, and people, I don't know if many people know that Marty Stewart is also um, a historian, a country music historian. He has a museum opening up in his hometown, I believe, of ever since he was a little boy, like he was playing with uh, with Earl Scruggs, I believe, or Lester Flats and Johnny Cash when he was like 16 years old. Like he's a prodigy. And in this period of his growth as such a young artist into such a dominating country industry at that period, he would take set lists and he would collect stuff. He has uh, Clarence White's uh, original Fender Telecaster with the original B-Bender, which is a it's a it's a priceless relic in in country music. Anyways, Marty plays it every night. So we were backstage um, getting ready to go on. Marty and the superlatives were mulling around, getting their gear together, and Marty calls Bryce over and hands this guitar over to Bryce and lets him, you know, hold it. And it's just like it's worth nothing, just tosses it to him and Bryce is playing around. And that alone is a story in itself to be able to sort of, for my guitarist to have that, it was almost like this weird initiation process. But we did our set and we have this one song that the main lick in it, song's called Words Getting Around, and this is where I sell out my guitarist, the main lick at the beginning of the song was inspired by, quote unquote, uh, the opening lick from Waylon Jennings' solo in Ain't No Good Chain Gang, which is a duet with Johnny Cash. And it's like, uh, I wish I had my guitar here to play, but it's like, ding, 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 ding. So that's the lick. And we closed our set off with that. It's a really high energy song. Uh, we felt really comfortable on stage and we just rocked it out. And we come off of our set and Marty and the rest of the guys are standing side stage, shaking our hands. They don't have to do any of that stuff, but they're giving us high fives. Congrats, great set, you guys killed it. Thanks for warming up the stage. Like that last tune, boys. Yeah, thank you. Well, what does he do is he walks out, he picks up his guitar, doesn't just play the lick that we lifted, but plays the solo from the song that we lifted the lick, note for note. 
the rest of however many thousand people are in that audience that night probably looked on stage, saw Marty playing some stuff, thinking, oh, he's just sort of like getting his chops, warming up. But it was this direct communication between him and us where he was just like, I know you, you guys pulled that on an entire audience, but you didn't pull it over on me. <laughs> I know exactly where you got that from. So it was this interest, you know, music is a language, and it was a really special moment for someone who we've looked up to so long call us out in such a gentle and badass musical way. So that story will always stick out. And then another part of that story is Bryce at three years old heard uh, Marty Stewart asked his mother, you know, what's that sound? I want to do that. And his mom said, well, that's the guitar. Mom, can I get a guitar? Well, maybe your dad can make you one. So Bryce's father cut him out uh, uh, the shape of a guitar, four pegs, and strung it with fishing line, painted it yellow. There's this picture of Bryce on his Facebook page and on his Instagram of him as a three-year-old child with overalls and sunglasses with this yellow guitar with um, fishing line on it, inspired by wanting to do what Marty Stewart did. And we brought it, he still has it, and we brought it to that show and Marty and the whole band signed the guitar and took pictures with us. So yeah, not only are they the most talented band that's out and about playing right now, they're the, one of the nicest too. Blake, I want to thank you for your time today. My pleasure. It's been my pleasure, Matt. Thank you for doing what you do, and thank you for the work that Rebellion puts into the art and the craft of what they do and their place in the community. And Cheers. It all works together. Thanks, brother. Hey, Rebels. Thanks for tuning in this week. If you want to find out the latest news about Rebellion Brewing, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Untapped. You can find Blake at blakeberglund.com. Thank you for joining the Rebellion.